the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Monday, September the 18th, 6.03 p.m. This is Arthur Idala with Matthew Sambolino behind the turntables and the mixes. What's going on, Mr. Sambolino? What is going on, Mr. Arthur? Hope you had a good weekend. I had a great weekend. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. It was amazing, actually. Is I heard this, my man Alex is floating around today. Happy is Monday. The- I'm elated because the Giants had a comeback win of uh, we haven't seen uh, oh, it in quite okay. a while. Alex, so. Alex. Everyone is all excited about you know, the comeback win. No one thinks the Cardinals are a good team. Like so, I mean, they shouldn't have been down by that much to begin with. Yeah, okay, great. They they salvaged the win, but uh, you know that would, they should have never been in that position. That's my point, Alex Garrett. Agreed, a hundred percent. But one win at a time, I guess. So, all right. Well, whatever you say, Alex. Um, so. You know, I, I consider myself uh, a kind of a down-the-middle kind of guy. Uh, my friend Annette refers to me as a moderate. Um, but there's a couple of issues that I, I'm a little conservative about, and one of them has to do with the way people dress. Um, I've said this over and over. Um, I said it last, I think it was on Friday, that um, Andre Agassi had that unbelievable, unbelievably successful Nikon uh, ad that said, you know, image is everything. And we could BS ourselves all we want. We really can. But that's the truth. And that's human nature. You know, we could try to pretend we live in some other type of society where, you know, pe- people's looks don't matter. And, and I understand that, you know, we're trying to uh, widen our horizon, not so that everyone doesn't look like Ken and Barbie. And, I'm, you know, I'm down with that. And that's those that have to do with people's natural organic looks the way God made them. But I'm talking about dress code. And, you know, I try to keep this show as local as possible because I think that's what matters. You know, we had Mr. Bitter on the other day, and he, you know, his argument was like, the presidency affects us so much less than people in the lower offices, like even your city council person, your mayor, and your governor. Um, but there's a, a national uh, decision that was made by someone from Brooklyn who a congressman from Brooklyn, now he's the senator from New York, who has disappointed me terribly, and hopefully we're going to have the mayor of the city of New York on this Thursday, and, I, and I'm going to ask him about this, Chuck Schumer. 
I know Chuck Schumer loves New York, but obviously something's going on in politics where he can't step in with a checkbook and help uh, the state regarding this migrant issue. Chuck Schumer, there's a joke that says the most dangerous place to be is between Chuck Schumer and, and a camera. So he was smart, very smart guy in terms of politics. And uh, and he's he is the, the master politician. You know, he goes to every parade, every block party. It doesn't matter that he's a United States senator. He's He knows where his bread is buttered. He knows that all politics is local. And he always makes an appearance. But he caved. I mean, he caved to Obama regarding Israel on certain things, and he caved to dress code violations. Now, okay, in the big scheme of things, is it such a big deal? It may be, because the way you dress and the way you look says something. It gives, it conveys a message. It conveys a message of respect of seriousness, uh, of of how you feel about yourself. And who does he cave into? Caves into a, a guy who screwed up. He just did six weeks in a mental institution from depression. And because of this guy who doesn't want to wear a, a dress appropriately to one of the most important places on the earth, <clears throat> politically speaking, he dumps... The dress code. Let me be clear of how consistent I am with what why I'm ticked off right now. In our law firm, this little little law firm here in, in Manhattan, not uh, after after COVID, the the Labor Day after COVID, I believe it was the seventh of September. I told everyone we're coming back full time, and everyone came back full time willingly, except one young man whose dad was very compromised. And I said, "You, you stay home, because you, you, he had to ride the subway. You're not riding the subway. You stay home." And this is a true story. The very first day we came back, the day after Labor Day, 2020, everyone was in that malaise. Everyone here was wearing a, a jacket and a tie. Now there was no one around. There was no one in the streets. Uh, we were, I mean, I think maybe some of the delis were reopening. The restaurants were still closed, but my whole thing was if you dress like a lawyer and you look like a lawyer, you're going to feel like a lawyer and you're going to act like a lawyer. There was one young man who he came in that first day wearing shorts and like an Izod shirt. And I let it slide. It was the first day back. But he, there's Judge Cammons wearing a bow tie. Here I am, the managing partner. I'm wearing a suit and a tie. And, you know, he's wearing shorts and an Izod shirt. Okay, first day. Second day, he comes in wearing the same stuff. And it was one of the few times I raised my voice. I said, get in here. I said, did you see the way Judge Cammons was dressed yesterday? Did you see the way I was dressed today? I go, are you kidding me? You're the lowest guy on the totem pole, and you think we're going to get dressed up, and you're going to wear a, a, a basically a T-shirt and shorts? And he left my office. I closed the door. Less than an hour later, I opened the door. He's sitting at his desk in a suit. Now, he lives in Staten Island. He went to Men's Warehouse up the block, and he got a, bought a suit, and he came back. I called him in. I apologized, and I congratulated him. Justice Scalia, when I studied in Italy, pulls me aside. Because all the kids are now, we're in Italy, we're in the hills of Tuscany, and he's wearing a suit, lecturing to the 25, 28 students. 
pulls me aside during one of his cigarette breaks, and he said, Arthur, you know, if I was a law student and the United States Supreme Court justice was lecturing to me, I would dress appropriately. And I said, you know, okay, Your Honor. I said, can I pass that along to everyone? He said, sure. Now, luckily, somehow or another, I had packed a suit because I was going to do an internship in Rome after I studied in Siena with Scalia. But I told everyone, and some of the jerks were like, ah, forget him, I'm I'm dressing however I want. Other guys, you know, they definitely stepped it up. But it matters. And if you say it doesn't matter, you're wrong. So what am I railing against last night when I read? So Chuck Schumer figured out how to work the media. Sundays are always a quiet day. They're always looking for stories on Monday. This is years ago. So Schumer always had Sunday press conferences to feed the beast of the media. And the press conference was about Schumer scrapped the Senate's unwritten dress code to accommodate Senator John Fetterman. He's the guy who lost to Dr. Oz. This guy is wearing gym shorts and a hoodie in the halls of the Capitol. He should be kissing the butt of everyone who voted for him. And, you know, of course he's a Democrat. And there is, there's a sergeant of arms on the floor, and uh, he apparently has, like, been voting from the hallway of the Senate because he's not in, allowed into the Senate chamber. Now, when he was first elected, he he dressed appropriately, whatever they say, he was in business attire. But then he went into some deep, dark depression. He went into treatment, and he comes out, and I guess, I don't know, part of his treatment is he's going to wear a hoodie and gym shorts. I could tell you, I mean, I, I was blessed to have role models and mentors like my father and my uncle Joe Barada. In the years, the 20, 30 years I've been a, a lawyer and those years when my dad was in the office, even in a blizzard, a blizzard where my dad would take the R train and, and walk through the snow, he, he wore a suit. I have, I don't have a recollection of my father coming to the office without wearing a suit and a tie. On Fridays, maybe Uncle Joe won't wear a suit. He'll wear slacks and, and, a, and a sports jacket. And let me just tell you how this hits home. So the summertime, I wear suits, but I wear, you know, the, the what do you call them? The seersucker suits, and they're light-colored, and they're fun, and they're colorful. Well, last week, I spoke to you about a homicide case I had on, and I wore a navy blue pinstripe suit with a white shirt and a red tie and black shoes. And you know what? I felt different. I felt different as a lawyer. I acted differently. I acted more seriously. And to say that the way you dress and you present yourself doesn't matter is just wrong. It's just you're you're BSing yourself. And the fact that Schumer caves in to one guy who's a brand new dude. In other words, if you told me this was an older uh, senator who had some kind of medical issues, et cetera, et cetera, and they needed to dress differently, that's one thing. But to say, oh, this guy, he's now going to be on the floor of the United States Senate basically looking like he should be shooting basketball hoops in the park in Brooklyn somewhere. It really annoys me. It annoys me how lawyers dress in court. They don't dress appropriately. I applaud the judges who say something about it, lawyers who chew gum. If this is the direction that our society is heading in, we're just going to dumb down all the rules and you could do whatever you want. It's very, very upsetting to me. Now, we have this big strike going on in the automobile industry. It's a legit strike. I read about it. We're going to have Lauren Fix come on to talk about it. You know, she's our regular Monday guest, and we're not going to be talking about which car drives right. We're going to be talking about the effect that this is going to have on all of us. So on this Monday afternoon here in a dreary, rainy Manhattan, it's the Idala Power Hour. Don't go away.
Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question, and the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, each helping your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's right there, approaching from four different angles, maybe why so many people find such wonderful relief. So if you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you. It has for about 70% of the half million people who've tried it, and they ordered more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, the number 4-RELIEF, to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform, to be a soldier, to serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We're always ready. We're always there. We are the New York Army National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Visit Dennis Prager. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Mike Gallagher and I are traveling to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you don't want to miss. Register today before it's too late at Stand with Israel Tour. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. Now more than ever, you need to stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. That's why you need Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest, protect, and grow their assets. A Retirement Watch subscription gives you must-have advice on all aspects of your retirement, independent advice you won't get anywhere else. When you subscribe to Retirement Watch, you'll get three months of Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch newsletter. You'll also get Bob's five model portfolios and five free reports, including the hidden rules of retirement, hidden real estate tax bombs to avoid, cashing in on Congress's $350,000 retirement shocker, plus two more free reports, and an exclusive conference call with Bob Carlson answering your retirement questions. The newsletter, free reports, the conference call, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com, yourretirementwatch.com. That's yourretirementwatch.com. We all know that planning for the future is important, and at Connors & Sullivan, they want to make sure that you and your family are protected. Who, If you're not around, who will make decisions for you? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, health care proxies, living wills, your overall estate plan. How do you figure this out? Well, what an excellent opportunity you have before you. Attend a Connors & Sullivan free seminar and have all of your questions answered by Mike Connors himself. So there are one, two, three, four, five different dates, five different locations where you could listen to Mike Connors, give a little seminar, and answer your questions. No obligations. Monday, October 16th at the Greenhouse Cafe on 3rd Avenue in Brooklyn at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Tuesday, October 17th at Buckley's Restaurant, Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, 
11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Wednesday, the 18th at the Adria Hotel, Northern Boulevard of Bayside, Queens, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Thursday, October 19th at Conley's Corner, Grand Avenue, Masspeth, Queens at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And Friday, October the 20th at the Lucas Trattoria, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. If there's some reason you can't make any of these multiple dates, just call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. As Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Got his opening to uh, a little Sopranos action. Paying respect to the late James Gandolfini, who would have been uh, 50, 62 today, actually. How much? 62? 62. He would have been 62 today. You know, my buddy Dan Grimaldi played the role of Patsy Parisi on the, on the Sopranos, and he was. Uh, he also at my taught house. me uh, computers at Kingsborough Community College. Oh, look at that. I didn't connect. Have we ever connected those dots before? I don't think so, at least not on the air. Well, can you do me a favor and um, remind me to get him on the show? I mean, sure, he's, a, sure. he's like, I call him my godfather. When I met um, Gandolfini, I introduced myself as Danny Grimaldi's godson because <laughs> uh, he went to uh, high school with my Uncle Anthony Piazza, and he literally need, knows uh, my mom. I don't know, since he's like 13 or 14, and my mom was like 16 or 17. And I, I saw him Labor Day weekend. Great, great guy. Great and he guy. always says what a wonderful man Gandolfini was. Very low key. Never got, you know, the the fame and stardom never got to his head. Regular, regular guy. Well, sorry, Gandolfini, you left us way too early. So there's this big automobile strike going on in the nation right now. And it's a very, very, very big deal. So our regular Monday guest is Lauren Fix, the Car Coach Reports award-winning auto expert. Um, she's nationally recognized automotive expert. She's a media guest, a journalist, an author, a keynote speaker, and a television host. As trusted automotive expert, Lauren provides an insider's perspective on a wide range of automotive topics, energy, and safety issues for both the auto industry and consumers. And not to be outdone, her friend and an Alfa Romeo guy, which is near and dear to my heart, Paul Bryan, uh, is regarded as one of our nation's best-known, respected, and in-demand automotive industry and subject matter experts. Paul's background spans more, spans more than 30 years, including long stints on both the media side and inside the auto industry. Without further ado, Lauren Fix and Paul Bryan, welcome to the Idola Power Hour. Hello, Arthur. Hi, Arthur. Buona sera. Buona sera, buona sera. Oh, so good to hear you. I drove, uh, I drove a couple of my alphas this weekend because, as Enzo, my mechanic, says, Arturo, you wanted these cars to work good? You got to drive. Sitting drive in the garage, it does nothing. You got to drive. You got to drive. So I use one car to go go to the grocery store, another car to go to the fruit market, a third car to, to uh, go pick up uh, the bagels in the morning. So I'm I'm reading about this automobile strike and Lauren, you could start things off. I mean, this is a real, a real, real deal. It's a big issue. Um, talk to us, give us a little background and then we can dig a little deeper. Well, we're just completing day four, entering day five of the strike, which started at midnight on Thursday night or Friday morning. 
Um, and they sat down a couple times, and then finally on on Friday, they said, we're not going to do anything. We're going to wait till Saturday. Um, Stellantis, which is Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, et cetera, they upped their offer to 21% increase in rate, and the UAW said that's not good enough. Now, I'm not saying that their pay is low, but they're all basing it off of what the executives are getting paid, and it's really hard to base it off of that. But I, I think, yes, they're getting paid way too much. But at the other end, uh, they're, they don't have a livable wage at the UAW, and so there's got to be some sort of happy medium. But what they all agreed to, which makes no sense, is – the UAW was supporting of the current administration, but what they were pushing was electric vehicles, which means they need 40% less workers, so they're going to need a lot less workers. So this is a problem. You can't have both. You can't have all electric vehicles with 40% less workers and ask for more pay because there's no profit margins here. So they got to watch. There's a happy balance between not killing the goose that gave, laid the golden so, egg. So, Lauren, the General Motors CEO is Mary Barry. Barra, correct? Barra. Mm-hmm. Barra. She basically makes $30 million a year. Oh, too much? I think that's too much. Yeah. yeah. $30 million a year. I mean, I want that I, job. I, now, the, For, the Ford CEO, James Farley, he only received $21 million. And by the way, these are like, it's not like they get a check for that amount. There's stock options and other things that are at play here. But Paul, bonuses, yeah, right. Paul, let's talk a little bit about what what Lauren just touched about regarding the electric car uh, industry and how they have to revamp a lot of these um, factories to create um, electric cars and how the guys who are making things like mufflers and catalytic converters are going to be pushed aside because there are no mufflers and catalytic converters um, on electric vehicles. So tell us a little bit about how the electric car piece of it is affecting this strike. Well, it's, it's, it, it certainly doesn't. And the agenda of this administration in pushing so heavily for electric cars is part of the problem uh, in that you don't have a buying public. Uh, and and we're, we're, everybody is fooling up to build electric cars, and I, and I can't blame any of the manufacturers for, for, for seeing that. But there has to be some reason that goes into the equation as well. And when you're looking at a 5 or 6% market penetration, You've you got to say, hey, well, wait a minute here. You know, we, we've still got 95% of the market that still wants to buy what we've got. So I understand the UAW's uh, position and saying, look, a lot of our jobs are going to go away because those pieces that you talked about uh, are not going to be in need. And yet at the same time, you've got uh, uh, an agenda that's out there saying, we got to build these. Well, you can build all you want. If people don't want to buy them, it really puts all of the car companies in a jam. Well, I, my understanding, and you guys will correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is that um, Tesla is making some profits, correct? No, that is not no, true. They make no. money. They take a loss in every car. <laughs> they do. No, they don't. No, nobody's made money on electric cars already. No. So, so Elon Musk is just because he's made so much money elsewhere, he's just basically floating this whole 
company? Well, Lauren, explain how credits work. Okay, so every time a vehicle is sold, an electric vehicle, carbon credits go to the manufacturer. Elon Musk was the first one to, to make this negotiation, so he gets the most of them. He gets, For example, he'll get seven, but if Ford or Nissan or Toyota or anyone else makes an electric car, they get between three and four. So there are car manufacturers out there that don't make any electric cars, such as Mazda. They don't make anything, but in order to sell cars in California, they need to, these carbon credits or across the country, or the EPA is going to find them. So Elon Musk, he's smart. He sells those carbon credits to other companies that don't have yeah. enough. So he makes money off of the government. Wow. Amazing. I, 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 I bet you there's a fraction. Station, everything. I bet you there's a fraction of the population that knows that and can understand that. I mean, look. Uh, again, don't, don't 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 count on me. But according to the like people quoted in the New York Times today, they're saying that the electric vehicle uh, production is as revolutionary as when Ford, you know, created the assembly line. Do you guys see that as being the fact? No. Well, Arthur, no. <laughs> okay. Why, why don't you guys be a little unified? When cars first started to appear, the majority of them were electric. Uh, if, if you go back, I, I spent a long time with the Chicago Auto Show and, and uh, studied the history there. If you go back to the 1901 Chicago Auto Show, 13 cars were on display. Eight of them were electric. Well, what happened? All of a sudden, the internal combustion engine really got developed, and it, and it was a far better solution than what they had. So we said, okay, look, we're going to go ahead and build internal combustion engines. This is, this is not a new idea at all. Uh, we've just okay, but the way, the way it is a solution it... for more than a century. Right, but the way now, you know, with with climate change or alleged climate change or whatever you want to call it and requirements in different states around the nation, uh, you know, um, isn't it now mandatory that these, um, you know, that, that these manufacturers create, create these electric cars and they're not really well, equipped to do so? Well, let's put it this way. You can not make electric cars and have billions of dollars in fines from the EPA and the federal government, or you can make electric cars and have millions of dollars in losses. So which is it? You want million dollars of losses or you want billions of dollars in fines? So what do you think they're going to do? They'll take the million dollars in losses and try and make it up with their other products. The cash cows are the trucks. Yeah, that's, that's where the money is. But, but the other thing that comes into play, Arthur, is that California mainly drives this bus, if you'll excuse the allegory. Uh, the California Air Resources Board, is they're the ones who first came up with emissions controls on cars. So what's a, what's a manufacturer going to do? Are they going to build one version for California and then another version for Kentucky? No. They're, they're going to build one, and everybody has to do it. So now California has come along, and, and they've made some incredibly unrealistic, crazy uh, mandates on how many electric cars are going to have to be sold in their state by, by mandate. So what happens to the rest of the, the, rest of the country? 
it's the same thing with with emissions controls alone. Why should a guy from West Virginia have to pay for the electric mandates or the emissions mandate mandates that are made in California? Uh, Paul, let me. I'm, but, gonna, I'm just going to interrupt you. I'm going to hold you. Sure. We're going to take a little break with Paul Bryan and Lord Fix, folks. Just so you know, the workers are demanding a 46 percent pay increase combined over the four-year duration of a new contract, as well as a 32-hour work week at 40-hour pay. We're going to discuss it with Lauren Fix and Paul Bryan when we come back from the other side of this break. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare Rx, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Nick Silvestri, University of Buffalo. Myasthenia gravis is a rare disease in which the body's immune system, the system normally present for fighting off infections, creates proteins called antibodies that actually attack our own muscles. These antibodies are directed against the portion of the muscle where the nerve and the muscles communicate, and because of this, the main symptom associated with this disease is weakness. Myasthenia gravis most often affects women in their 20s and 30s, and men and women in their 60s and 70s, but thankfully there's a treatable condition and we have many approved medications available to help people with this disease. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. I am excited to announce the Officer Tatum store, my store, all the cool merch, everything that you're looking for, godly merch, patriotic merch, pro-police merch, it's all on the Officer Tatum store. All you have to do when you go to theofficertatum.com, put in discount code Team Tatum, you get 20% off the entire store. If you are looking for a gift for Christmas and you're Christmas shopping early or you just want to give for your mama, your daddy, especially your daddy, if you love your father. I know that my father was an incredible impact. We have Father's Matter shirts. We got mugs. We got hoodies. I mean, you can name it. We got leather patch hats. Great quality. Leather made right here in the great state of Arizona. U.S. made. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to miss out on this special. 20% off. And we have incredibly fast shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, we fulfilled our products within 24 hours and we put shipping out. Sometimes people get their stuff the same day or the next day. 20% off on the store. All you got to do is put in Team Tatum. Put in Team Tatum you get 20% off the entire store or you could text Brandon to 53445 text Brandon to 53445 ladies and gentlemen the greatest store on planet earth the officer Tatum store hello this is John Leventhal I am a partner in the law firm of Idala Bertuna and Kamins I have been a lawyer for 43 years including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine what is the most important thing for a litigant to do it is to obtain the right lawyer someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Kamins, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Kamins earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Kamins law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. Hi, it's Arthur again. Let me tell you a real story. Um, yesterday, Sunday, I was talking to a friend of mine who um, had a family party on Saturday. And she was speaking about one of her nephews. She's talking about who was there at the party, speaking about one of her nephews. And she said, you know, he graduated college 
but he really doesn't know what he wants to do. And, you know, it's September and people are going back to work and back to school and, and he's kind of home and he's just floundering. And God is my witness. I said, well, he should, he should look at Plaza College. And this person laughed and said, what are you doing, the commercial for your show? I said, no, I'm being honest. They have, like, a lot of opportunities there. Let him just poke around. Who knows? I mean, it would be great if he was a nurse. It would be great if he was a court reporter. It would be great if he was a dental hygienist. Sitting home and watching Days of Our Lives is just, you know, not the way to go through life. Um, that was yesterday. So we can talk about court reporting a little bit because court reporting is one of those positions, although you could put you could say the same thing about nursing, where they are so essential to the environment in which they exist. So court reporters are so essential in the courthouse. Nurses are so essential in the hospital. Um, and Plaza College gives you the opportunity to, at the very least, explore the possibility of going into those fields. In terms of the court reporters, there's definitely a shortage. Today, I had a client complaining to me. This is the truth. What is taking so long to get these grand jury minutes? And I said, because there's a shortage of court reporters. And because there's a shortage of court reporters, the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. How do you sign up? You sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. All right, we are back with Lauren Fix from the Car Coach and uh, Paul Bryan. They're two friends of mine for a long time. And uh, we're talking about this strike because this is a big deal. It affects uh, many, many, many Americans and if, uh, if, from the work point of view. And it affects us from a, a consumer point of view. Uh, you know, when I was reading up, the, the I mean, the workers want almost a 50% pay raise, which is pretty significant. They're looking at places, I think, like Canada that are uh, e- either asking for the same or have gotten the same. And they only want a 32-hour work week. Hmm. Now, I don't make $29 million or $21 million like the CEOs of these big companies do. Um, but I, I wouldn't be too happy if the people who I pay over here said, oh, Arthur, you know, I'm, I'm not working on Fridays anymore or however they want to make 40 into 32. Um, and by the way, I, you know, I don't want X amount. I want Y amount, which is 50% more. Um, but so, I mean, I think those are big asks. But when you if they're making what Lauren Fix says is a salary that's hard to make ends meet and the boss is making tens of millions of dollars a year, a year. Don't forget, it's not like, oh, 30 million, that's a lot. No, it's 30 million one year, 30 million the next year, 30 million the next year, the year after that. I mean, that's, that's you know, major money. So Lauren Fix, Paul Bryan, how is this strike going to cons- kind of affect someone who says, oh, my God, like, like Lino in my office. He goes, you know, my lease is up on my Jeep. And I want to go buy a car, and I'm thinking that 2024s are coming out right now. And let me go see what General Motors has or what Ford has in store for us. 
Well, I think you're going to see prices go up if this um, this strike lasts much longer. I will tell you they did negotiate uh, over the weekend down to 33% increase. So they went from 44% demand to 33%. Uh, the manufacturers have come up with 21%. There's still divides apart, so I think this is going to be a long strike. So if you're thinking about buying a vehicle, how this will impact your listeners is if there's a car on the lot today, it's probably going to be sticker price. The longer this strike stretches out, the impact's going to be you need parts for your current vehicle. I'm sorry, that's a Teamster union or that's a UAW job. You're not going to get your parts. Your parts will be slow walked. You'll also find that cars will get more expensive as less of them become available like we've seen before. And what is this going to do? Oh, I, I want a 24. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't make your Jeep because it's one of the three plants that got shut down on the strike. You know, so you're going to have to buy what's either coming that's already been built or you're going to have to wait till the strike is over, which could be long. The longer this strike continues, the more expensive cars will get, and it will also affect the used car market as well. So it's not good for anybody. The the other thing you've got to remember, too, Arthur, is that when you talk about these three plants that are being struck right now – where are they located again? Just re- just remind us. I, it's there's, like- there's one in Ohio, one in Michigan, and uh, one in Kansas City. Uh, okay. So you got you got three plants that are going there, but but at each of those three plants, there's not like a room that makes each part that goes into that car. Modern car plants are, are are mainly operated on the theory of what's called just in time delivery. And just-in-time delivery means that we've got a Tier 1 or Tier 2 supplier who is somewhere way far away. Well, not way far away because they generally uh, build around the plants. Uh, Let's say it's a a company that makes gauges or seats or something like that. Those parts arrive at the factory and when they say just in time, they mean it. Sometimes those parts arrive at a factory within 30 minutes of when they're needed to be assembled into the car. So so it's not just the workers that are at that plant, but it's the suppliers as well who are around there. So, so it's the strike has tentacles, and it's, it's not good for those companies either. Those people are being affected immediately. Lauren, and as Lauren you, says, Dan, I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. I was just going to ask Lauren, what, just give people an idea, what states are obligating a percentage of the cars that are going to be sold in the future to be electric vehicles? Well, starting with California, there are 17 states, including New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts. But I will tell you, on Friday, thankfully, and I've been talking with your people there at Gotham Government, I'm very excited to see that the House passed uh, by a pretty good margin, uh, bipartisan, may I add, uh, to not to not allow that mandate to be in place so that you as the consumer pick what you want. And that's a good thing. Now, once it passes the Senate, this is going to be a stopgap, at least for now, so that people can have choices. Because asking people and Paul and I are just in California and you drive around the streets and most of the cars are not electric. You got a guy with a 94 Camry. You're going to tell the guy he's got to get rid of his car. He can barely afford that. 
with the price of gasoline going no, but I'm up. I'm talking about new new high. I'm talking about new car sales. I, obviously, right, I hope we don't live in a cars. country where they're stealing our cars out of our garages and making us drive electric cars, but new car don't sales. Don't give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> we're we're already losing catalytic converters. <laughs> Stop right there. I will tell you though, I I see I see a, a you know guys, you know I have a, an eye for cars here. I see a lot of electric cars here in the city. Now, maybe it's it's very um, appropriate because a Tesla and, and the Hyundai and the Kia, you know, these cars that are getting 200 miles, 300 miles, you're driving around the city, it takes you three hours to go 10 miles, but, you know, the, the, the electric vehicle may make sense. So around here, it seems I see an uptick. Now, when you get to Utah and Kansas and Kentucky, I'm I'm sure it's a much different environment from an automotive point of view. Yeah, it it absolutely is. I I had a uh, Mustang Mach-E to drive last week, and I wanted to make sure that I had a full charge on it over the weekend. So I, I live in suburban Chicago. Uh, closest level three charging station to my home was seven miles away. And I, I drove the route a second time because I started counting gas stations and gas pumps between where I live and where I had to go get charged. And I counted more than 200 gas pumps that's a number that i that i encountered before i got to one level three charger now it's it's not just it's not just that but okay so let's say it was 20 25 minute drive or a 20 minute drive to get there then i had to wait 45 minutes 50 minutes in order to charge the vehicle then i had to drive home so i've got the better part of an hour and a half two hours invested yeah, but Paul, I most people who buy that of. car, right? But most people who buy that car are going to now pay the extra money to put a charging station in their home, correct? If they can, if they can, if they can. right? What do you, yeah. what do you mean yeah, by that? You if live, they Paul. can, well, for instance, the the Ford charging station that they showed us when we uh, tested the F one fifty Lightning, uh, what was that like? Thirty five hundred bucks for it. Uh, oh, no, think, uh, was, that was just the regular charge. You want the power wall, and you're like ten grand. Yeah. So I, I just want to make sure I'm clear about something, Lauren. When you say if they can, you mean if they can afford it, or is there not the infrastructure even in people's homes? If you oh. rent a townhome, you cannot put one in. If you rent uh, an apartment, you're not putting in a charger. You can put one in a home that you own. I got you. You're making okay. a mortgage I got payment you, on. I got you. So how many? So what's and, the percentage of homes in the U.S. that have garages? Paul, you know this. We no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. So I'm running out of time, guys. So I got two questions. That's it. I have two questions. One's for Lauren. Wait, what percentage? Which was that? Sixty-three percent of homes in the U.S. have garages. Okay, so I have two That's questions. It. One's for Lauren, and one's for Paul. Lauren, take out your crystal ball. How long do you think this auto strike goes on for? Two to three weeks. They're okay. going to put the screws to them, and they're going to get their money. Now the fun question for Paul Bryan. I can't, this to, I can't ask this to Lauren because she has no objectivity because she's so mustanged out. <laughs> Not, 19, 19, I want Paul, I want your, your thoughts. 1993, 40th anniversary edition, Corvette ZR1. What are your thoughts? Uh, it was a real fun guy. 
Well, ninety three is the fortieth anniversary because sixty three to ninety three. So it's the, it comes all in maroon. It's maroon inside. It's maroon outside, and has the fortieth anniversary badging all over it. And but it's the ZR one. It's the king of the hill. So what? You want me to put a number on it? No, I want you to know. I just want your thoughts on it. Oh, it was in the world car. in the world of Corvettes. Yeah, it's a fun car. I'm you know I'm kind of conflicted uh, with a new mid engine Corvette. You know I'm I'm kind of a traditional guy. And so I, cars like you're talking about fit more into the way I think. And I think a lot of people uh, think a Corvette is supposed to be. It should be a front-engine, rear-wheel drive car with tons of guts. And, uh, you know, that's that would be a very fun car. I'm eyeballing one. I'm eyeballing one. It's my disease. It's my disease, guys. Thank you so it's much. You know, disease, this though. I know, I know. So many people say to me, oh, Dolly, you're doing a New York City radio show. Why do you have a woman on every week talking about cars? I go, that's my segment. That's for me to learn because I love it. <laughs> Lauren Fix, Paul Bryant, thank you so much. Today was not about me. Today was about America because this strike is a big deal and could affect us all if it goes on for too long. We uh, we have one more segment left. We're going to come back and uh, I'll talk a little bit about a case uh, from Yale, about Yale, from Yale uh, University throwing a, a student out. Uh, regarding sexual allegations from the internal Yale uh, investigation. But then when he went to trial, he got acquitted. Shouldn't he be allowed back into school? We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about um, what a wonderful weekend I had with my family. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Ron had a tax problem he just couldn't handle on his own. I owed the IRS taxes for over five years, but I didn't have any money to pay the taxes. Those years cost him dearly. Most of it was fees and interest. It was horrible. Ron finally called in the pros. I called Optima Tax Relief, and boy, am I happy I did. (laughs) The leading tax resolution firm, Optima, is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. They've resolved over a billion dollars for their clients. Ron was overjoyed. They settled my account with IRS. I was ecstatic. They are a lifesaver. They are. I am so happy. (laughs) Take Ron's advice and call Optima now for a free consultation. Yeah, don't do like I did and wait. Call Optima Tax Relief. Do it now. You'll be ecstatic like me. (laughs) Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. So let's talk about the Sabah family and everybody at Bay Ridge Honda. Because they are kicking off the fall season, which I think starts, whatever, Thursday maybe? By saving you $1,500. Yep, $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. They've been the Sabah family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, the Bronx, they all choose Bay Ridge Honda. Where you could browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, get $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't want to buy a car from Bay Ridge Honda, they'll buy your car from you. So jump on the R-Train. Get off at 95th Street or 86th Street and visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street. I guess you should get off at 86th Street. 
a lot closer, sorry. <laughs> so visit them. Visit Bay Ridge Honda at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See deal for details. This sale ends September 30th, 2023. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Stop playing with them, Riot. So I get in my wife's car today, and this is what's playing. Sam Lee, you know anything about this? I don't. No, I don't. And I don't want to know anything about it. I need to do it, but this is... Well, I think this is from the Barbie movie, which, like, blew up. There you go. It's all about Barbie. It's all about Barbie. Um, so let me. <laughs> this is what I'm subjected to. I got Ariana bouncing around to the Rolling Stones, but my wife is listening to Barbie. Um, Sam Bellino, how much time do I have? Six minutes, seven minutes? Yeah, about eight minutes? five minutes. Five minutes. So, real quick, I just want to talk to you about a case. 2018 disciplinary hearing at Yale University, a young man uh, had to sit there and listen to a woman accuse him of raping her after a Halloween party. And the way these school things, these school hearings go, there's no cross-examination. There's no confrontation. So simple American criminal justice principles are out the window. There's a confrontation clause. You're supposed to have to look at someone, look at them, not say it into a video monitor. He or she didn't even have to do that and say, yes, this person did X, Y, and Z. They're supposed to be subject to cross-examination. None of that, none of that happens. She files, the, the student files criminal charges. He gets acquitted in three hours. Yes, yes, the, under cross-examination, she was asked questions that made women's rights advocates their blood boil, like, how were you dressed? How much did you drink that night? Did you send flirty texts? Oh, horrible, horrible questions to ask someone who's accusing someone of horrible, horrible things. Well, so he's acquitted. He goes back to Yale for a little while, but they wind up overturning their own decision and they throw him out. What does he do? Not only does he sue Yale, but he sued the woman for defamation, which Never before was able to be a, a, a case that could go forward. But the Connecticut Supreme Court changed that and said, you know what? You and It's only for Connecticut cases, but you can say, okay, if you're going to accuse someone of something that turns out to be proven that's not true, you're going to be hold, you're going to be held financially liable. No, she's not going to go to jail, but. She may have to pay some money. Now, she probably doesn't have any money to pay, but we there needs to be, here's the overall point, there needs to be some kind of ramification if someone really gets caught making up a criminal charge against someone. There needs to be. It's too easy to accuse someone, and, oh, they get found not guilty. Okay, it's over, and, then, and there's, there's no harm. There's no skin in the game. Why shouldn't I just accuse someone? Maybe I'll get some money. Maybe I can start a civil suit and get some more money. It's... And if the guy gets proven that he didn't do anything wrong, he has no redress. He has no recourse. Well, in the state of Connecticut, that has changed. And to the Connecticut Supreme Court, I uh, I applaud you for having the chutzpah to do that. 
Um, real quick, what a weekend it was in eastern Long Island. Absolutely beautiful. It uh, Saturday morning turned out to, you know, I, I left you guys Friday night. I scooted home, um, got in the car with the kids, drove out east with them sleeping, woke up. The weather was not great, but I said, you know what, whatever. We're here. It's just a little change of scenery, some fresh air. Just us. In the summertime, I'm sure this happens to many of us, we get pulled in all kinds of directions. There's this party. Oh, let's go to the beach. Oh, we have to be outside. Uh, someone's coming over. We're having visitors. We're having guests. There was nothing. It was peaceful. It was quiet. I wasn't making anyone coffee. I wasn't making anyone drinks. I wasn't uh, I wasn't cooking. I wasn't running to the store. I got to go to the butcher stop and get some sausage. No, none of that. It was just Arthur's like, I want to play with Daddy. We played tag running around downstairs. Ariana's going, shoes. She's going to be two. Shoes, shoes. That means she wants to go outside. We went outside. We got to feed the little fish in the pond. The kids threw the, the, the fish, the, the water, the pellets in the water and watch little fish come up to eat it was beautiful i said you know what even though the weather doesn't look too good let me throw on the pool heater i haven't had the pool closed yet let me throw on the pool heater see what happens by 12 that was like nine in the morning by 12 noon the sun was out it was a little windy but the sun was out the water was warm we went swimming uh it was great i mean i'm not a huge 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 pool guy like others are like they live in the water but when you have a six-year-old Forget about it. He was on my back. I mean, I don't go to the gym. I'm not proud of this at all. I just, it's a time thing more than anything else. But when you, <laughs> when you're my age and you have a six-year-old boy and a one and a half, almost two-year-old daughter, yeah, this, I mean, I think I did 22,000 steps on Saturday without trying. Um, we went to a place in Southampton called Hank's Pumpkin, Pumpkin Town. Glorious. We went to my friend Zach's restaurant in Southampton at 75 Main. We ran into my in-laws for a couple of minutes, hung out with them. Um, had a great night Saturday night doing showers and baths. Sunday morning, I woke up at 6 o'clock, snuck outside, turned on the, the pool heater again. And Sunday, the weather in eastern Long Island was glorious. Glorious. By 9.30, the pool was so hot, Arthur just jumped right in. Um, I, was he wearing his pajamas? No, he took off his pajamas. But he, I remember him remarking, he goes, Dad, there's not a cloud in the sky. And I said, you know, Arthur, this is exactly what the sky looked like on September 11th, which he knows much, probably more than he should know at six years old in second grade. Um, and Ariana was in the pool, and Mommy came in. It was just wonderful. And then Uncle Billy came over. It was his birthday. We hugged and kissed Uncle Billy. We had a little pound cake with, with uh... oh, and then this is what I did for a little morning treat i have a juicer i went to the fruit stand and i got these ripe fresh peaches and you know padre lose libation i put the fresh peaches in the juicer it was like this gorgeous sweet juice nectar just put a little bit of love in there from the bar a little bit of love you know 11 o'clock brunch time oh delish uncle billy came over we made a toast and we went back to Hank's Pumpkin Town, drove home. Uh, mommy drove home last night. Mayor drove home last night. I get to take the shortcut home, meaning I slept the majority of the way. Woke up this morning, took the kid, took Arthur to school, make sure Ariana was in good shape, and got to work and had a very, very productive day. We're putting the final touches on the Harvey Weinstein brief, which is due on Thursday. And I'm going out now with about six of my buddies from the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office to a pub in uh, downtown Brooklyn. I'm really excited about that. We will be back tomorrow. The mayor of the city of New York has confirmed he'll be on on Thursday. It's must, must, must listen Thursday. See you tomorrow.
The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.